Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. We were talking about the weather with the uh, National Weather Service office uh, earlier in the 6 o'clock hour of the show and just the severe cold that is headed our way with below zero highs below, and then uh, double-digit below zero lows uh, coming to uh, uh, big chunks of Montana here later this week. Uh, right on John in the Livingston area sent us a message. Global cooling is happening. Someone tell the Democrats and the tree huggers. Yeah, we could use a little more of that uh, global warming this morning, couldn't we there? Uh, right on, John. Thanks for that message. Uh, Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal with us here every Monday. First off, Evelyn, uh, happy new year to you. It's our first time uh, catching up since the, uh, the start of the new year. So great to have you on the show this morning. Thank you, and happy new year to you. I hope you had a great break. And oh, enjoyed it was, yourself. Oh, it was it was real good. Yeah, real real nice break, and of course we had some great guest hosts uh, uh, filling in: David Noble, and then uh, John Jackson, and uh, and George Blackard uh, covering down along with David uh, uh, during the holidays as well. So we continued with great programming. But you know, we've been talking about all this cold weather. And uh, it already feels like it's below zero to me because the weather's been so nice up until now. But it's we're going to get the real cold here later this week. But uh, I, I didn't watch the Golden Globes last night. Uh, I don't know if you did, but apparently the yeah. guy apparently there was the guy who was supposed to be the the host of like uh, the pre-show for the Golden Globes. I guess his electric vehicle broke down in the desert and he had to catch a ride uh, from Johnny Depp to get to the Golden Globes because his EV wouldn't charge. And I, I just said, man, it's a good thing he wasn't in ice-cold Montana when his EV broke down. Yeah, that's something, you know, I don't think anybody talks a lot about what, what happens when it gets really cold and those those motors don't want to work, you know. It, it, there's a lot of things wrong with those those machines <laughs> yeah i mean if you're just cruising around town that's cool or you know or if you if, if you've got time to kill and you can sit there and wait for you know for for the thing to recharge while you're going on a trip and you want to just stay on the beaten path <laughs> where where they have these chargers okay you, you do you but it's going to cost you a lot more money especially in the uh, in the upfront costs but uh, well what's the big news uh, you're looking at here in the new year Economic stats are really looking pretty good for Montana and, and how well we fared last year. Uh, Montana's real domestic growth, or GDP, was up 4.2% for the year. And, uh, and, and the, the GDP grew in every state in the nation led by Texas. And this data is coming from the Bureau of Economic Analysis, which Sometimes it gets changed later on when no one's looking, but if, if all that is true, it's amazing considering how many headwinds our economy has been facing. Yeah. Um, when you consider the many aspects the producers of our country have been facing from uh, the elimination of affordable energy to increased prohibitions on materials and high interest rates and higher taxes... Yeah, lots of lots of headwinds, and uh, the red states continue to lead. That's the key. Hold that thought. Quick break, and then back with Evelyn. Here is your Montana news. A car with four teenage boys flipped and crashed in West Billings, killing one. The accident happened last Friday night on King Avenue West and 31st Street West. According to the Montana Highway Patrol investigation, 
The teens were speeding eastbound when the driver lost control and veered off the road. After hitting many rocks, the car went airborne, landed on the front end, flipped over and rolled. Color 8 reports that two boys were not belted in and were ejected from the vehicle. One of them, age 15, died at the scene. The other three, ages 16, 17, and 17, were treated at nearby hospitals. The identities of the passengers have not been released. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. He's calling it the Biden cover-up. Montana Senator Steve Daines with the latest on the China spy balloon details, the Senate map for 2024, and more. Go to MontanaTalks.com. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Okay, jumping back into it here, uh, this first uh, back-to-business segment of the new year here on Montana Talks with Evelyn Pyburn from the Big Sky Business Journal. Yeah, Evelyn, you were talking a little bit about the Montana GDP numbers. Uh, yeah, b- good uh, economic growth numbers here for the state of Montana. Texas uh, showing very good growth as well. This has kind of been the continuous pattern that uh, the red states like Montana, Texas, uh, doing very well economically, and typically the red states doing uh, better than the blue states. You, you talked in particular about how how you know there's good numbers across the country. Now, it is worth noting that these numbers kind of look back. There, there are some some uh, some concerns, some kind of uh, warning signs out there on the horizon right now. Though reduced trucking traffic, reduced freight traffic, et cetera. Yes, and and you know, I mean, I, I guess that's what amazes me is because we've had other aspects of the con- economy um, limping along since the beginning of COVID, and yet it remains that people, working people, keep on working. I mean, that's what the secret of it is. Is is I mean, I just think that our country the people here have such a high uh, work. Um, pushed an ethic, work ethic that keeps them working, and and that's the strength of our country. I think is is that people just keep producing no matter what they face, and and oftentimes it inspires them to innovate and find an easier way to do things. But uh, it it is a, an amazing achievement, and um, incomes increased in Montana. 2.2% in 2023, but in both categories, Montana ranked um, in the lower percentiles when it came to GDP and, and income growth, but the really significant point is uh, that our economy grew, and so did our incomes, despite all these things, and even though I, I think that um, our income levels in almost any state, did not grow enough to compensate for a 3.1% level of inflation. So, On top of all uh, the other inflation that we got hit with in the first three years of, of the Biden administration as well. Uh, yeah, it, and it, it's interesting, too, because, you know, Montana saw such explosive growth, you know, 
for a couple years that uh, does it have to level off at some point? I, I did think it was interesting when I recently caught up with Governor Greg Gianforte. You know, you and I talked about the big VACOM news for Lewistown, and then uh, he, he couldn't give me the details yet, but apparently there's some big economic development news coming for Glendive here uh, in, in, a, in the days ahead. So, so I, that'll be interesting news because, you know, as you and I have discussed, a lot of the growth has been in the, the bigger towns and in, in, in more in the western part of the state or, or in the bigger towns like Billings. Uh, uh, and so, but whereas some of the smaller towns in, in more rural Montana uh, haven't been seeing that, that type of growth. So to, so to get some economic development news for Glendive will be huge. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, I, I think that Montana's small towns have some advantages that some of these companies moving in like. You know, they, they can kind of establish their own uh, bases in any community, and it's maybe less expensive for them to locate in smaller communities, and uh, their, their employees have opportunities to buy uh, lower-priced homes and things like that. So there, maybe we'll see a little bit of a change in uh, the, the growth of the, our more outlying areas. So that's, that's uh, hopeful. Yeah, that's um, right. One story I want to talk with you about, this is a big one in the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet this morning. A temporary holding facility is possible for jail inmates in Yellowstone County. I, I really like this concept. I like this idea. Uh, but, but let's get to that one in a second. Since we're on, you know, kind of economic news, uh, there's a new report from the Competitive Enterprise Institute that you're also reporting on in the hot sheet. Um. Oh, oh, you're yeah, talking about this is the one about yeah this is the one about regulations worse than taxes according to CEI. Right. Well, the regulations our federal government and states contribute much. Also, the regulations cost businesses and us one point nine three nine trillion dollars annually, and. Uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute points out that this is worse than taxes as they cost businesses. And be sure that you and I as consumers eventually pick up that cost. But more, um, we often don't even realize what products and, and services we go without because these regulations make it impossible to get them to market. So, um, and the Competitive Enterprise Institute has ideas of, of what taxes or what regulations can be removed and and how to change things so it doesn't have so much impact. But um, it's been made worse, uh, according to uh, the CEI, because of President Biden's directing federal agencies to prioritize political goals like equity and climate change, which is not what these regulatory agencies were set up to do. Yeah. But now then these other goals are held as a, a more important by agencies and they impose uh, more costly regulations for aims that are not all that great for that business. makes that makes sense that the regulations are, are worse than taxes in some ways because if if they get taxed more well they'll just pass the tax on to the to the consumer but the regulations can outright shut the business down or prevent you from going into that uh, that business in the first place all right hold that thought 
This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland. In trade news, Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. signed an executive order extending reduced tariff rates on imported pork for the third consecutive year. The in-quoted duty is to remain at 15 percent, while the out-of-quota rate is 25 percent. It was back in May of 2021 in response to a shortage of pork caused by African swine fever. The Philippines lowered its import duties from 30 and 40 percent, respectively. It also increased the quota amount known as the minimum access volume to over 254,000 metric tons from just 54,000 metric tons. The National Pork Producers Council applauds the move, saying that the Philippines' lower tariff on U.S. pork imports have helped spur significant increases in U.S. pork exports there as beneficial to U.S. pork producers. In other news, USDA back in December announced that they will begin mailing the 2023 Census of Aquaculture to all producers who indicated in their 2022 Census of Agriculture that they produce and sell aquaculture products. The deadline to respond to those surveys for aquaculture participants will be January 15, 2024, if you receive them. For any questions you may have, contact the National Ag Statistics Service. I'm Lane Nordland. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Well, uh, coming up at 7:40 this morning. Jonathan Savage with Fox News Radio is going to be joining us on the show. Israel, Hamas, Iran, and more. The latest updates on the worsening situation in the Middle East. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the the, uh, the crisis in the Middle East is escalating under the failed foreign policy of uh, Joe Biden. We're going to talk a little bit about that here uh, later this hour of the show. And then coming up uh, from 8 to 10, we're going to have the phone lines open. Uh, I know we had reached out. We might have had one or two other guests join us uh, maybe in the 8 o'clock hour. But as it stands right now, we're just having phone lines open uh, for listeners across the state coming up between 8 and 10 this morning. But packing a lot of information in uh, here in the early morning hours of the program. Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal with us. Uh, Evelyn, this is a very interesting headline you've got in the hot sheet this morning. A temporary holding facility is possible. Uh, this is for uh, Yellowstone County, as I understand it. Uh, you know, we've talked at length about about how too many jails all across Montana are full. Uh, you know, uh, Great Falls, Cascade County's had the problem. Uh, Yellowstone County Billings uh, has the problem, of course. And so, so then you've got people that should be put behind bars that instead are back out on the street oftentimes committing even more crimes. So now they're looking at uh, actually uh, putting a temporary holding facility together. Yes, I think that's probably going to happen. You have both the city and the county commissioners behind this, and um, they had this report that they had a, a local architectural firm do that looked at whether or not this is uh, something they can do at the jail and still... Uh, go forward in the future to expanding the jail. And um, the po- the report was pretty positive, I think. Everybody seemed pleased with what they were hearing. They said it would cost about $3.3 million for this temporary holding facility, 
but then it could be used later on in incorporating it if they expanded the jail, which also sounded like a very real possibility. Um, but, yeah, they have uh, this uh, situation in which people arrested on misdemeanors are they don't put them in, in jail because there's no room. And and so these people kind of have a, a, an arrogant attitude in thinking, well, you're not going to put me in jail and, and I don't have to pay attention to what police officers say or do or anything. And, and the idea is that, hey, even if they only stayed uh, locked up for a day or two, it kind of dampens that uh, enthusiasm, you might say, and, mm-hmm. and it would reduce uh, incidents and uh, g- give more workable room around uh, enforcing laws, which is very frustrating when, you know, you hear uh, officers saying they're, they haven't completed the paperwork before the guy they arrested is walking really down the street. So. Yeah. Well, when we, when we talked about, you know, the youth gang problems in, in the in the Billings area and, and and the cartel-related violence and the drugs, you know, John Jackson, who joins us on Tuesdays on the show, he's a retired federal law enforcement officer, and I asked him, I said, you know, what, what do you think is driving this youth gang activity? Why are they committing these crimes? And, and he said, because they can. Because they can, because they, they, they know that they can get away with it. And it starts with the smaller crimes, and then eventually it, it escalates into worse crimes because they think they can get away with it. And that's the message that gets sent. And, and, and when I had, uh, uh, you know, uh, Billings Police uh, uh, Sergeant Stovall on with us, he basically agreed, said the same thing. And, you know, here's these police officers and sheriff's deputies doing their job and holding people accountable. But then, then they just get put back out on the streets, and they're like, what's the point? I think that's uh, exactly the message we've been hearing for some time. And um, the city has volunteered to come up with some money to help finance um, this facility, which uh, apparently state law requires that only a county can run a um, um, jail or any kind of facility like that. So so the county, you know, the, they had to... Uh, sign on to it, but it really sounds like they're coming together, and um, this is going to happen, which, you know, I, I think, I don't know, it, it's just kind of a, uh, a feel, but I, I think that uh, a lot of enforcement is, you're just hearing more reports of people getting um, arrested and, and prosecuted for some of these lesser crimes, but um, I, I think the community is stepping up and um, pushing back, and and I think that's really important. Um, that's right. The, yeah, it's the broken windows that, theory. It's it's if right. you uh, let if they break the windows and you just don't fix the windows and you let them keep breaking windows, then it escalates into 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 worse crimes and and more problems. Evelyn Pyburn with the Big Sky Business Journal. Great update as always. By the way, check out the Big Sky Business Journal hot sheet, the Economic Outlook seminar. From the Bureau of Business and Economic Research uh, will be held in Billings on January 30th at the Northern Hotel. Uh, but I know they take this all across the state. So if you check out their website, you'll see uh, the locations when they're coming to Bozeman and, and other locations across Montana. Back in 60 seconds.
News. I'm Chris Foster. A top Hezbollah commander is reported killed in an Israeli airstrike in Lebanon. Another reason for concern, the war with Hamas in Gaza could expand. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is scheduled to arrive once again here in Israel. He'll meet with top officials about a variety of topics, but focused on the next steps for the war in Gaza and also how to avoid a broader regional conflict. Fox's Trey Yingst. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's been hospitalized for a week now due to complications from an elective surgery, the Pentagon says. Secretary Austin stated that he takes full responsibility for the lack of information. On Tuesday, Austin's Deputy Secretary, Kathleen Hicks, was informed that she would be covering certain operational duties and was not told that Austin was in the hospital until Thursday. That's when President Biden and senior White House officials were made aware. Fox's Alexandria Hoth Pentagon says General Austin's been working from the hospital since Friday. America's listening to Fox News. That's right. And and earlier this earlier this morning, I was listening to Fox and Friends first. That's that'll tell you how early I get up for the show. Here is that uh, the normal Fox and Friends starts at uh, what is it four a.m. our time. But I, I heard a little bit of Fox and Friends first, which is even earlier than that. And luckily, I was up listening because uh, Joe Concha. Uh, timing works out great uh, uh, because I wanted to play this clip for you anyway, but you just heard the news headlines about how the Secretary of Defense was out of commission for like three days. And apparently they made his deputy or they made his deputy the acting Secretary of Defense. Never told him why they were the acting Secretary of Defense. Uh, why am I doing this? I don't know. You're just the acting guy. Anyway, Joe Concha said on Fox and Friends first that this is a dereliction of duty. Uh, by the Secretary of Defense. One would think that the president is in contact with his Secretary of Defense, Todd, to your, to your question. But right now, Joe Biden, as we speak, is in Delaware again this morning, where he is most of his presidency, it feels like, right? Something like 138 days this president has spent on vacation last year in 2023. Here's what I know. Secretary Austin needs to resign immediately. This is beyond unacceptable because you know our enemies like China and Iran are watching this and seeing this non-disclosure for what it is, a dereliction of duty that once again shows this administration is not a serious one at a perilous time in world history, given the state of affairs right now, as we're seeing in the Middle East, as we're seeing in Ukraine, as we're seeing with China and its aggression towards Taiwan and so on. Even the Secretary of State and Anthony Blinken said he was not aware just yesterday that Austin was in the hospital for more than a week and continues to be there to this day. And again, the president, we don't hear from him because he's relaxing right now. And remember, this is the same administration, Todd, where Pete Buttigieg, as Transportation Secretary, took off for more than two months for parental leave during the height of a supply chain crisis and didn't inform anyone. We were told the adults were going to be back in the room when Team Biden took over. This is child's play with no parents in sight somebody's head has to roll indeed and we should be hearing from the president today about this but we won't of course because this is the most protected president of all time and i'm sure the press secretary is going to have some word salad explanation around all this during the press briefing but it is again unacceptable yeah there you go joe concha uh, talking about the dereliction of duty uh, from this secretary of defense but yeah you know it there's nothing big going on in the world right now. Nah, you know, why would Joe Biden need to interrupt yet another vacation to be in contact with the Secretary of Defense? Why, why would number two have to know why number two is fulfilling the job of Secretary of Defense? 
Hey, you're the acting Secretary of Defense. Oh, is this like a fun game? Is it like take your daughter to work day? Why am I the acting Secretary of Defense? Ah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just, uh, ah, just, just sign these reports. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you later. Uh, all right, uh, we'll talk about the escalating conflict in the Middle East next. This is the Montana Economic Minute. The government has power and governments need money. That's why taxes are compulsory. We pay them or we risk unpleasant consequences. This is what bothers a lot of people about taxes, but economists see the sense in it. Taxes are necessary, but they're also wasteful. Not in the way that they're spent, that's an entirely different topic, but because they encourage wasteful behavior. Some of that waste is easy to see. The money you pay and the time you spend filling out complex tax returns. Less obvious, but much larger, are the thousands of decisions we and our employers make to avoid taxes. One of the most basic is how much and how long to work. When the Reagan administration cut taxes by about 10% in 1986, research showed that taxable income grew by about 10%. Cutting tax rates unleashed more work effort because people could keep more of their additional money that they earned. This isn't supply side or voodoo economics. It's how people behave and why lower rates help reduce waste. I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Yep, it's about that time again for a mid-morning snack. Uh, you know, I'm not just virtue signaling here by telling you how early I get up uh, for this show because we got, man, some of you are coming off the overnight shift. Like uh, uh, we had a great conversation with the National Weather Service uh, during the six o'clock hour of the show and I think they just went through their shift change, but uh, we're about to get a shift change when it comes to the weather. I mean, it's already pretty cold. At least it feels really cold out there right now because we've had the weather so nice for so long. But, yeah, frigid sub-zero temperatures. And it's going to be sub-zero for the high temperatures uh, coming up later this week. Uh, so if, if you missed our conversation with the National Weather Service office, uh, I'll try to share a highlight maybe later on in the, in the 9 o'clock hour of, of the show for you. Uh, or uh, you can go back and listen to the 6 o'clock hour on our Montana Talks podcast. But, uh, yeah, having a little mid-morning snack here, having a little protein cookie. I actually like these protein cookies better than normal cookies. They, they taste good, if you ask me, and, and they're loaded in protein and uh Low on sugar, low on carbs, and uh, yeah, I'm going to actually, uh, later today, I'm going to head over to Billings Last Diet. Normally, I'll go there about once a month, do a little 15-minute check-in, and uh, you know, make sure I'm staying on track. But you know, I figure, hey, after the holidays, uh, and uh, you know, I, I figure, you know, I'm going to do a little tune-up here, just to trim back down just a little bit. You know, everybody's going to put on, you know, a few pounds over the year. Uh, no matter how good you are with your daily habits. And so it's always good to do an annual tune-up. So that's what I'm going to start later today. I'm going to head over to Billings Last Diet. If you want to do an annual tune-up and just uh, trim a couple of pounds or so, well, you can check out Billings Last Diet. Or I'll tell you what, we've had listeners lose over 100 pounds thanks to Billings Last Diet, and they've kept it off because it really is a life-changing program. Check out BillingsLastDiet.com or give them a call, 294-6751. Uh, earlier, I told you about the big news out of the Middle East uh, here. A uh, What was it? It was a news alert from the New York Times. Hezbollah said one of its commanders was killed in a strike in Lebanon. 
so that was uh, some of the big news out of the Middle East. But, uh, yeah, uh, they're saying that this is a worsening situation in the Middle East. Israel, Hamas, Iran, and more. Fox News Radio's Jonathan Savage now with us. Jonathan, great to have you on the show. Great to speak, Jonathan. Yeah, well, well, give us the latest from what from what you're seeing here, and and why they're 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 calling this a worsening situation beyond what we've already seen over the past couple of months. Yes, ever since the war began between Israel and Hamas after the attack by Hamas on October seventh, there has been international concern that this could become not just the localized conflict, but a, a wider regional war. One of the reasons for that concern was that Hezbollah. Another of these Iran-backed militia groups was firing rockets at Israel over the border from Lebanon. Israel firing back, but that was pretty limited. But now, as you're saying, Israel appears to have uh, carried out an air The senior member of Hezbollah, a member of the high-ranking elite Radwan force who died when what's understood to be an Israeli airstrike targeted his SUV. One security source in Lebanon saying things will flare up now. Uh, so that is causing enormous concern. Um, Hezbollah may feel they need to respond to this. And then in Iran, of course, we had the news recently where there was um, these uh, high-profile bombings that took place. Uh, dozens were killed at, uh, specifically at a uh, ceremony uh, for uh, the uh, slain general uh, terrorist leader uh, Qasem Soleimani. Uh, a Sunni extremist group, but basically the Islamic State, has now claimed responsibility for that attack. But anyway, uh, there, there's a there, there's a lot developing over there uh, right now. There really is, and Iran is at the heart of much of it. Iran, of course, backs, trains, finances. They back, train, and finance Hezbollah, uh, the Houthi rebels in Yemen who have been firing. Uh, on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. Iran at the heart of so much of this unrest, so much of this combustible situation. And, of course, they're dealing with this terrorism on their doorstep, being attacked by ISIS. Um, it, it really is a really difficult situation. And, and right now, uh, there is a lot of international diplomatic effort taking place with countries sending uh, emissaries to the region, including the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. He's in Saudi Arabia today, uh, and he's going to be heading to Israel tomorrow, trying to keep a little thing. Yeah, and then meanwhile, we've already seen major impacts to global trade, so the, the situation has already escalated to the point where it's impacting global trade, because you've had the, the Houthi, uh, the Iranian-backed uh, proxy force, the Houthi rebels in Yemen have been attacking American vessels and other commercial vessels uh in that region and so now a lot of i i saw some chart and it was crazy they put dot yellow dots on the map showing all the the commercial vessels that used to go you know uh you know through the red sea that are now having to travel all the way south uh south of the you know of south africa uh through the cape there uh where and so so that's definitely impacting uh, global trade that's right this adds days to the transit uh, and it adds cost. This, uh, according to Anthony Blinken, is going to make food and fuel more expensive because nearly 20% of global shipping has been disrupted as a result of these attacks by Houthi rebels in Yemen trying to board ships or just firing missiles and rockets at ships. Now, there's an international coalition being put together by the United States, more than 20 countries trying to safeguard ships in Red Sea waters near Yemen. But they haven't succeeded. 
succeeded in completely putting off the Houthis far. And the question remains, how far will this international coalition need to go in order to restore order in the region? Yeah, we've seen uh, top Hezbollah commanders uh, now taken out. We saw top Hamas commanders that were actually in Lebanon, uh, I think, last week or the week before that were taken out. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, back here in Montana, we see that as good news, of course, because, uh, you know, taking out these terrorist leaders. But there, there is, of course, concern that this could escalate into a much wider conflict. Is, the, is that the concern then, that, 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 that if things get uh, further out of control, that it, could, that it could pull the U.S. and Europe into a broader conflict? A broader conflict? Well, certainly Israel sees these facts as, as good news as well because uh, they see these people that they're targeting as senior figures in the uh, Hezbollah and Hamas groups who they are fighting. So um, they see it as important to take these people out. But yeah, the concern is that uh, this could lose uh, the Houthis and Hezbollah and Hamas all increasing their attacks on Israel, Israel uh, firing on Lebanon, possibly on Yemen, all these, all this possibility. And then Iran thinking that they want to increase their support for these groups or even get involved themselves. Iran, of course, hates Israel, doesn't think Israel should exist, hates the fact that Israel and Saudi Arabia seem to be coming closer to normalizing relations. And that's partly uh, why they like to support these other groups to stir the pot. Uh, and, and yes, the U.S. and Europe are allies of Israel. Both are concerned that Israel has perhaps uh, gone too far and too strongly in its war on Hamas and the effect on the civilian population. It really is a, a very, very uh, febrile situation, and no one really knows exactly where it could lead. So, in other words, a pretty quiet, uh, quiet time for the world. If you're the Secretary of Defense, no worries. Just uh, take a few days off. Now, obviously, we wish the best for for his health, like we would anybody. But man, that it puts that whole, you know, scandal about about the White House not knowing that the Sec Def was was out of commission for a few days in a, in an even more uh, a big a big perspective, huh? It does. Um, I, I was uh, with Lloyd Austin in Brussels last year, and he certainly keeps up at a fast pace and has been heavily involved in, in what's going on. He's been visiting the Middle East as well. Uh, so, yes, his influence, no doubt, will have been missed in the last week. And it's, it's, uh, here in the UK, it's, it's not making as big headlines as I'm sure it is in the United States, but we're certainly thinking that's a very curious situation indeed. All right, Jonathan Savage, appreciate your time. Thanks for the report. Thank you. All right. Uh, getting messages on our Montana Talks app that I want to get to here as well on this uh, story. Well, on the story about the uh, Secretary of Defense, I got a message from Tim and Savage uh, as we, we played the audio of Joe Concha calling it a dereliction of duty that uh, that the Secretary of Defense was basically out of commission, didn't inform the White House. And then they handed the duties to his his uh, his number two and the number two didn't even know know why. Uh, they had to fulfill the role as acting Secretary of Defense. Tim and Savage says this. Worse yet is that the Deputy Secretary of Defense is a radical liberal, a radical uh, leftist. Uh, Tim and Savage, thanks for that message. Uh, let's see. Uh, any of you guys watched the football game yesterday? Did you watch the uh, the University of Montana Grizzlies versus the South Dakota State Jackrabbits? Uh, did, you, did you watch the game? Uh, I got a message from Andy in Whitefish. Uh, about the game uh, and then uh, also right on John um, he, he shared a comment uh, for those of you who watched the game 
Did you see the political campaign commercials? Of course you did. Well, I of course you saw. Did you see the phony campaign commercial by liberal Senator John Tester that aired smack dab in the middle of uh, the FCS National Championship football game yesterday? Well, I put together a fact check on that phony campaign commercial from the flip-flop flat top, the liberal Senator John Tester. Check out the, the fact check. Go to MontanaTalks.com. News commentary. Killers of the Flower Moon actress Lily Gladstone has a special pronoun preference that she uses to decolonize her gender. Here we go again. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. I'm Dana Perino, co-host of The Five and co-anchor of America's Newsroom. Join me for my brand new podcast, Perino on Politics. Every Monday, I'm going to talk to people I trust in politics as they tell me what they're seeing and thinking in the 2024 election cycle. As we usher in the new year, this week, Republican strategist Colin Reid joins me again with a closer look at how things are heating up in the race for the White House and beyond. Available now on Apple, Spotify, and foxnewspodcast.com. Killers of the Flower Moon actress Lily Gladstone is taking a brave stand against pronouns. In an interview with People, she explained that despite quite clearly being a she-her, she is comfortable going by both she and they. Gladstone explained that many indigenous languages don't have gendered pronouns and feels that using she-they is a way for her to decolonize gender for herself. I think you get extra points in liberal land when you can somehow find a way to mention both racism and pronoun oppression in one breath. It's really quite something and also totally and completely useless at the same time. Imagine starring in a blockbuster film alongside Leonardo DiCaprio and the most interesting and headline-worthy part of your exclusive interview being your pronoun preferences. I'm Tommy Laren, and you can watch my show Tommy Laren is Fearless at Outkick.com. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. The rules on the field are clear, but the rules off the field are vague when it comes to college athletes monetizing their own name, image, and likeness, or NILs. The NCAA resisted establishing a standard. Some lawmakers want a national criterion for NILs. GOP Texas Senator Ted Cruz has legislation to regulate NILs. GOP Alabama Senator and former Division I football coach Tommy Tuberville has introduced legislation to create a uniform NIL system. NCAA President Charlie Baker endorses Tuberville's bill. It docks athletes for entering the transfer portal to switch schools. Previously, athletes had to sit out a year when transferring. Tuberville says student-athletes must pay a price for departing, but some want Congress on the sidelines. They don't trust lawmakers to make the situation better, and some lawmakers say the money takes the fun out of college sports. However, it's not game day for any NIL legislation just yet. Most bills are benched in committee, playing second string to fights over the border with the speaker's lobby Tana hot spring spas and saunas live well feel better studio i love this song i love nachos loving everything you might be buzzed you know what i'd love a ride when it's time to head out if you see a buzz warning sign call for a ride when it's time to go home buzz driving is drunk driving a message from nitsa and the ad council News Talk 970 and 103.3 FM KBUL. Your home for Fox News, Hannity, Bongino, and Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
All right, yeah. If any any of you watched the uh, the FCS National Championship football game yesterday, yeah, yeah, the Grizz did well in the first quarter and and had some 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 really good plays, uh, some really good upset moves, but they they just weren't able to convert uh, convert it into into some some big scores. Uh, the uh, the Missoulian has this headline: Frisco fizzle. Montana Grizzlies struggle to score stumble in the fcs championship game but i think overall i think i think the grizz fans are just like uh incredibly impressed by by this year's team and, and coach Hawk and what they were able to do especially when you go back to that northern arizona university game when they lost to nau and the bobcats smoked nau uh, I think that people did not expect the Grizz uh, to go this far. So, uh, so I think I think it's safe to say that the uh, the the Grizz fan base uh, has had their faith restored uh, after this season. Uh, that's for sure. And and look, at the end of the day, this SDSU Jackrabbit team is just incredibly powerful. I mean, I caught up with Coach Stig, who was last year's uh, SDSU Jackrabbit national champion uh, coach, and. Jimmy Rogers was kind of was, has been his understudy for years, and and so anyway, you can see what uh, what uh, Coach Stig had to say about Jimmy Rogers uh, in my conversation last fall, and I think it rings true once again after another uh, Jackrabbit National Championship, back to back national championships. But you you remember what uh, you know? The Bobcats now earlier this year nearly nearly uh, defeated SDSU on their home turf, but. But they lost big to SDSU last year, and then and then two years ago when the Bobcats were in the national championship, they lost big to NDSU, and so uh, so yeah, is what it is, unfortunately here. But nonetheless, still a big deal that that both Montana teams within these past couple of years have made it to the national championship. Right on, John messaged us. Uh, I really hope there's an avenue to bring Tester to court with all his lies and defamation in these ads. I referenced doing a fact check on the uh, the John Tester commercial that aired during the uh, the Grizz National Championship game yesterday. Uh, by the way, on a related front, the Democrat Senatorial Campaign Committee is now investing seven figures. Uh, they're spending seven figures in trying to help uh, liberal Senator John Tester build out his ground game here in Montana. Uh, and they're and they're also uh, uh, trying to help out Sherrod Brown in Ohio as well. Have you guys noticed this? If if you're looking through Facebook, uh, have you noticed that that now you can see who is paying for some of these ads that you'll see on Facebook? Uh, for example, I, I thought this was really interesting. Yesterday, I was scrolling through Facebook. I saw a story promoting uh, Congressman Matt Rosendale, but the ad was paid for by the Montana Democrat Party. Huh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Why would the Democrat Party be promoting Matt Rosendale? It's almost as if they want him to abandon the seat in the House of Representatives and run for the Senate. Huh. When the Democrats are openly campaigning in support of a Republican, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Uh, in other news, Andy and Whitefish had this to say about the football game. Uh, no McDoubt about who threw the game. Oh, that was from Andy and Whitefish. Uh, Andy, I'm assuming you're you're referring to uh, to the the Grizz quarterback uh, McDowell. I I don't I don't know if I'd say he threw the game, but Andy, I thought it was interesting. Did you notice that about two minutes before 
halftime. And I don't, I'm not one of these. I don't want to be one of these Monday morning quarterbacks. And I'm certainly not the sports expert around here. But did you notice his leg? He started limping. His leg was obviously hurting two minutes before the end of of, of the first half. And and he just never recovered from that. Could never really get out of the pocket after that. And I just kept there thinking the whole time. I was like, why didn't they give Ayat a chance? Why didn't they put in Ayat, uh, who obviously has performed well as a quarterback? I, it, it reminded me when the Bobcats were playing the Grizz, and and their quarterback just was struggling and just couldn't make it happen. And I thought, you have two great quarterbacks for for the Bobcats, and you're not putting the other guy in at this point. I thought the same thing with the Grizz yesterday. I'm like, you have two great quarterbacks. If if this guy you know was struggling you know with with a, a hurt leg two minutes before halftime and never recovered from that why why did they wait till the last ninety seconds uh, to to give Ayat a shot but uh, anyway but like I say I, I don't want to be the Monday morning quarterback it's still remarkable they made it that far into the national championship and so uh, I'm just glad I was at the semifinal game because that was an incredible game. Uh, and um, glad I saved money, I guess, on Frisco. Although it would have been fun to see everybody down there, um, you know, the festivities and everything like that. Phone lines are open for you for the next two hours. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov slash reach. That's va.gov slash reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council.